So I have to admit that it took me a while to figure out what I was going to be talking about today. As in Friday, is when the Lord finally told me what message I was supposed to be giving. So I've had to cram notes in between Friday night and last night and this morning. So I should be good. Uh, I should have enough notes. Um, and the message that the Lord gave me, interestingly, um, seeing how God worked throughout the week, every day he, he gave me something different. But by the end of that day, and I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to talk about. But by the end of that day, I was like, no, I don't feel right. But once I actually did get that message, I was able to combine everything that he showed me during the week. So he's giving me one little piece every day. And so he gave me the full thing on Friday. And this is what we got. So we're going to be talking about Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And this is the, the message about treasures in heaven. So this reads, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So our focus for this week is going to be on the treasures in heaven. And I got three main focal points that we are going to try to cover and try to hit. The first one is, what are they? What are the treasures in heaven? The second one is, how do we get those treasures? How, how do we store them up? And the third one is, are all the treasures the same? Are there differences? Are there different levels of treasures? So those are the things that we're going to look at. And the first thing, whenever... What's the first thing that pops to mind whenever I say treasure? What's the first thing any of you think of? Gold. Gold. Pirates. <laughs> what I said. What'd you say? Pirates. Pirates? <laughs> so those are all correct. Because what does all that lead back to? Like gold, money. It, 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 our first thought whenever we talk about treasures is financial <laughs> money some sort of, of something that provides us financial stability. That's what we think of when we think of treasures. However, that's not what the Bible is truly talking about when it talks about treasures. Yes, the money and all that, that is included, that is involved. It does include money, but that's not it. It goes beyond that. But for us, we often think of those financial aspects of it and don't go any further. So... Page isn't even up here, right? Nope. So we'll tell a little story. <laughs> um, so Thursday night, I said, is when I got the message. Well, it kind of came indirectly from Paige because Paige wanted me to talk about tithing. And I'm like, I do not want to talk about tithing. Who wants to hear me talk about tithing? Nobody. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about tithing. Tithing. When you give your your biblically 10%, whenever you give money to the church, yeah. that is tithing. Um, and I'm like, man, I do not want to talk about tithing. So in an indirect way, Paige is getting her wish, but I'm only going to talk about for a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> and this isn't about, this isn't, hey, give your money to the church thing. No. What I'm talking about is just tithing is a part of 
of what this is, building up treasures in heaven. Um, we're not going to. Okay, yeah, so you you tithe, you give money to the church. There's two types of, of tithing. There's tithing and there's um, generous gifts. So tithing would technically be your 10% that you give to the church, which I don't want to get into this. I think there's a lot more room in that. It's not, we don't live in a legalistic covenant right now. So the 10% is more give what you can. But there's also generous gifts, and that goes beyond that. So generous gifts would be like if you give to a charity, if you give to some sort of cause, if whatever, whatever else you would give money to. Like we do the uh, the shoeboxes. That would be a charitable gift that goes beyond the tithe. So both of these are an aspect of, of uh, treasures in heaven. But when we get to heaven, we're not going to have financial treasures given back to us. So... I only talk about this whole concept of finances and tithing and, and charitable gifts because that is the theme that is often used throughout the Bible. So as we move on, we will see that even though money is talked about, that's not the focus of the discussion. The true focus is more on relationships, more on um sacrifices, on servanthood, on, on doing things for other people more than it is about the finances. And it's also about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, <laughs> peace, patience, kindness, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's about those things. It's about living those aspects in your life. And even though that may show itself through finances, through giving, that's not what it's about. So my first example of this is the story of the rich young man. And this is Matthew 19, 20 through 22. Um, and this is just the second half of that actual story. Uh, the first half is there was a rich young man who came to Jesus, asked Jesus, hey, what do I need to do to have eternal life? Long story short, Jesus says, follow the commandments. The young man's like, and that's where we're, we're getting at. And that's where we're starting at. And the young man replies, uh, the young man said to him, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So the man walked away sorrowful. Because he was told to sell all of his worldly stuff, all this stuff that he has spent a lifetime acquiring that made him like an important person on this world. But in the eyes of Jesus, the eyes of God, that stuff is meaningless. It's not about building up our treasures here on earth. Because if you notice, Jesus said, if you go and sell all your stuff, then you will receive treasures in heaven. So it's not about the stuff you acquire while you're on earth. It's about that generosity. Because Jesus said to sell it and give it to the poor. So it's the act of helping, the act of servanthood, giving those finances, anything, that property, whatever it happens to be, giving it to the poor. It's that act that is building up the treasure in heaven. 
It's not the finances that we acquire. And that kind of leads into our next verse, verses, which is kind of like an opposite, but it's similar. And this is the, the story of the widow's offering. And this is Mark 12, 41 through 44. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. And this he, this is Jesus. So Jesus sat down opposite the treasury. Um, putting into the offering box. Many rich people put a large, put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they are contribute, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So again, this is talking about money, but this isn't about the money. This is the fact that everybody who is putting in offerings before her. They were putting in a small portion of of what they had. So it didn't really affect them in their lives. But this widow, all she had was these two copper pennies. Well, these two copper coins that added up to a penny. And she put both of them into the offering, which means she had no money to go get food for her if she had any kids or anybody else. She was giving everything that she had to God. Now, we are going to have to read into that. I mean, I am reading a little bit into that text by saying that because we don't know if she did anything else. Maybe she just gave the money and then that was it. But the fact that she was giving everything she had financially means that she was putting all of her trust into God. So that means it's not that big of a leap to say that she was also trusting in God in other things, as in God would provide her food to eat, that God would provide her shelter, that God would provide her her daily bread, everything that she needed to survive. She was trusting in God, and that's what faith is. She had faith in God that he was going to provide for her, and she was not putting her trust into her money, into her finances, into her worldly possessions. So again, this may be about money, but it's not about money. It is about your heart, about your your view of God and what he does for you and putting that trust in him that he will provide for you. Um, so I'm really going to rug on my notes here because I don't know what I really said. I think I covered everything. So we'll go on to the next one, which is... This is another parable of a rich man, but this one is a parable. So this one is an, an actual story, but this is Luke 12, 16 through 21. And this reads, and he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And that saying, this night your soul is required of you, that means that in that night, 
this man is going to die. So with that in mind, it continues on. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So, again, this is another parable saying the same thing. This In this parable, this man, this rich man, he went after the, the things of the world. You know, he had a great crop. And so instead of, you know, sharing that crop, giving the extra to the poor, giving away the extra stuff that he didn't need, he decided to build bigger barns to store it and keep it for himself. So he's being selfish. He, he wanted to keep that to himself. And in doing that, he went even a step further and was like, oh, now I have all this stuff. Why do I need to work? Let's just kick back, relax, and enjoy life. But that's when God comes in and is like, no, this night you're going to die. So, okay, so if he's going to die, he spent all this time building up all these treasures on, on earth, has all this wealth, able to retire, not have to work. But what happens? He dies. So now what happens to all that stuff? What happens to all these large barns full of grain and, and all this other stuff? What well, doesn't really matter to the man? He's dead. So it's just going to get divided up among other people and, and sold off. And, and that's the point. You can, store up you can store up treasures on earth, but when you die, they're going to get you nothing. They're going to be meaningless, pointless. You can't take it with you. But if you would give to the poor, if you do those charitable acts, give those those charitable gifts, you know, do your tithing, even though Paige is here now. Um, if you do those kind of things, then you are storing up treasures in heaven. And when you die after storing up treasures in heaven, then you will have those treasures in heaven. But Okay, not yet. I got two more, um, two more scriptures that I pulled from that I'm just going to read. They're both from First Timothy. The first one is First Tim Timothy six nine through ten, and this reads: But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And then a little bit later on, same chapter, 1 Timothy 6, 17-19, this reads, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of what of that which is truly life. So again, this is telling us the same thing. There are a lot more scriptures in the Bible that are saying this, and I could have pulled out a lot more. I actually deleted some because I thought it was going to be too long. But this is saying the same thing. This is saying that to be good, that's part of the fruits of the Spirit, goodness. Um, to be rich in good works, to, to do good things, to do good deeds. To be generous, ready to share. Again, this is highlighting the fruits of the Spirit. 
And when you do that, if you live your life according to the fruits of the Spirit, when you have a generous heart, when you live as a servant, then you'll be storing up treasures in heaven. Why? Uh, to set forth a good foundation for you in the future. Well, what future are you talking about? The future after this one, your everlasting future. The future once you get to heaven. There you will have treasures. But then that leads to the question, well, what what are the treasures going to look like when we get there? What what are these treasures? I mean, yes, we okay, now we know how to how to get those treasures. We we know kind of you know what we need to do on this earth to get those treasures, but what's it going to look like once we get to heaven? Well, the truth is we don't know. But we know that they're going to come in the form of rewards and in the form of crowns. Now, I've actually talked about this on the podcast already, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. And that I'm probably running low on time. I really have no idea. But I'm going to ignore you. But um, I got two passages that are going to highlight these rewards. The first one is Matthew 5, 11 through 12. It says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So here it's talking about having rewards that are great in heaven. So there's only some sort of great rewards. There are other passages that just talk about just receiving rewards. But then I have the opposite in Matthew 6, 1, which reads, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to... To, to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So you can either have a great reward or no reward, depending on how you live your life. Because I quoted in this first part, Matthew 5, 11, and 12. Well, if I went up to Matthew 5, 10, it also talks about rewards. And on that one, that was the last of the Beatitudes. And it, that one is, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness's sake, for they will receive the kingdom of heaven. So that one is, okay, now if you're persecuted for righteousness, you will receive a reward. But here in Matthew 6, 1, if you're practicing your righteousness in a place where you're seen by others, you get no reward. So you're doing the same thing, but the difference is how you're doing it. So in Matthew 6, 1, you're doing it out in public. You're, you're standing up. You're like, oh, look at me. Look what I'm doing. I am doing good things for the Lord. And you're, you're pointing to yourself, trying to be pious and all kind of big words. But it's not about that. It's about doing the stuff in secret. And that's what servanthood is. It's not about, like I said, it's not about the show of it. It's about doing those things that, I mean, in my opinion, the best good deed is a good deed that nobody knows you did. And that you will take it to your grave and nobody will know that you did this good thing or that good thing. That is what the Lord likes. It, it's about going into that that secret room or that, that room in your inner house and praying there where... Nobody can see you. And what you do in secret, the Lord will bless. That's what it's about. It's not about the, the public display of it. So 
wrapping this up, because I know we're getting short on time. So what are we supposed to take from all this? So the first thing I said we're going to talk about is, is what are these treasures of heaven? And we talked about money, but again, it's not about the money. It's the way you interact with other people. Yes, it may include money, but it's not about the money. It's about the interaction. It's about the, the fruits of the spirit. It's, it's about your servanthood, your, your servant spirit. It's about that kind of stuff. Um, and what they're going to end up being when we get to heaven, are, they're going to come in the form of rewards and crowns. And again, I didn't get too much into that because that would be way too much to cover. Um, so how do we get them? Again, it's through acts of good service, acts of deeds, through kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, all the fruits of the Spirit. Um, through proclaiming the good news of Jesus. I mean, if we are going out in public and we are sharing Jesus with others, we are doing God's good work. And it may not have to be big and bold. It's just, it could be done through your, your daily life, just the way you act, just the way you live. You can do that right where you work. I mean, you don't have to do anything big and crazy in order to to make this. Um, and then the last thing is, are they all the same? And the answer is no. Um, like we kind of pointed out, there are different levels of rewards, different levels of crowns. And depending on how you live your life on this earth, um, the more good deeds you do, the more you live your life according to the way Jesus or God is calling you to. Um, if you're living your life righteously, which is living right in the eyes of God, or if you're living your life faithfully, which is trusting in God that no matter what happens in life, good, bad, ugly, um, no matter what happens, you trust that God is going to take care of you and provide for you and in that even if it costs you your life, you're doing what you think God's God's will is for you in your life. It's through those actions that we will receive different levels of rewards of heaven. So any questions? Anyone want to advice? Okay. That's all I got. Very good.